This video is brought to you by MUBI, a curated streaming service dedicated to elevating great cinema from around the globe. Get a whole month free at MUBI.com slash the take. Is being a woman in business still a liability? You're a young woman with no experience. A woman, that, that's a minus. Well, of course it's a f***ing minus. I didn't make the world. As Succession's Logan Roy decides which of his four offspring might inherit his media empire throne, on paper, his smart and hardworking daughter Shiv seems like the most capable contender. But Shiv feels she's been treated differently for being a woman, and she's right. I've always thought you were the smartest. Oh, so that's why you tried Kendall and Roman first. The people in her world are open about just how much her gender is seen as a downside. She's trotted out when having a female executive is useful for a crisis or a deal, and then, once that passes, again, sidelined, overlooked, mocked, or held to a higher standard than her brothers. Corporate daycare. What's up with dipper? <laughs> That's not a good retort. Don't laugh at that. Yeah, in case you want it in writing. But Succession does a great job of dealing with not just how the woman dynamics realistically play out around Shiv, but also how they've shaped her psychologically. Due to the biases around her, Shiv gets less training from a young age, so at first she isn't as ready to manage as her brothers. You can't blame her for her lack of experience. Well, sure you can. Just watch. You'll get the hang of it soon enough. <laughs> There's a vicious cycle at play, where she overreacts and overcompensates, copying the toxic behavior her dad's modeled for the company. As a result, Shiv has been molded into an arrogant yet insecure girl boss who not only doesn't help other women, but often weaponizes feminism in service of her family. Here's our take on how Succession uses Shiv to accurately illustrate how being marginalized as a woman or member of another outsider group can work against you, wear you down, and very much mess you up. Shiv Roy shows how contrary to how much of today's rhetoric, being a woman near the top of many work cultures is still an obstacle, but there are a lot of complicated reasons why. Don't get us wrong, as an individual, Shiv has plenty of flaws and isn't that likable. Rhea is right when she says, Shiv thinks she's smarter than she is. Having grown up rich with everything handed to her but noticed she's at least smarter than her brothers, Shiv has developed an epic level of arrogance. She's impatient for rewards without working for them, thinks she knows things before developing expertise, and displays a dangerous combination of entitlement and inexperience. Yet a lot of the problem is also Shiv's reacting to and compounding her disadvantage. One lesson Shiv internalizes is that her achievements don't count. In season three, we see her pull off a huge win that saves the family from losing the company, but her dad again denies her the credit. Then when Roman brings in the fascist presidential candidate, Jared Mencken, Logan lavishes praise on his son. You did good this weekend, son. And there's a vicious cycle at play for Shiv. The more she feels she has to prove herself and doesn't get validation, the more she feels defensive, desperate to get recognition rather than open to receiving the training and experience she actually needs. Roman COO, you have a toddler with a hard on for chief operating officer and I'm going through a management training program? Shiv then gets in her way in numerous work interactions by overcompensating, like many ambitious female precursors going back to Lady Macbeth's doomed quest to unsex herself. She feels she has to act more like a tough guy with big energy than even the boys do, but this act doesn't get her respect from the men around her who generally don't like the level of brash assertiveness from a female executive that they tolerate in a male one. Cow's not happy with your level of input. Oh, okay, well, f him, right? I don't need another toothache.
Logan tends to keep Shiv more behind the scenes than her brothers, and then, even when her father does put her in formal positions of power, like when he privately chooses her as his heir or installs her as president, it's not long before he undermines that by freezing her out, having secret interactions with her brothers about major business, not backing her up, or letting her know she's on thin ice if she ever makes an error. Well, you okayed me to go in there and kick some ass, and I barely- I gave you a destination. I can't walk you there, okay? This situation, repeated over and over, has made Shiv both resentful and deeply insecure. Initially, even Shiv herself doesn't really think becoming the CEO is a possibility, so she looks to her husband, Tom, to rise in the company. Like her siblings, she's been falsely empowered by her wealth to view herself baselessly as above others, but because of her gender, she's been shamed by her father into a state where she views herself as below. As therapist Tammy Nelson told The Cut, Shiv's performance of confidence is, quote, based on sort of the internal hill of sand because she's not confident about herself as a woman and as a worker. She looks to her father to feel confident, and when she does get moments to lead, she sometimes chokes, loses control, and makes a big gaffe. Sometimes I think you just need a good old-fashioned dinosaur call. And who's the big T-Rex in your sights? Oh, I, no, I... Or fails to summon the confidence to meet challenges decisively. It's a sort of tough choice people need to be able to make. People who would be very senior people. I can't choose that. So if we look deeper, we can see how much Shiv and her flaws have been shaped and exacerbated by her culture's hostility toward her being a woman. In a work context, she's expected at various points to compensate for being a woman, act like she's not use it, and sell her gender out in order to get ahead in this world. She's put at the forefront whenever there's a sensitive crisis involving women or progressive issues, culminating in her talking a sexual abuse victim out of testifying against her family. And of course, those favors where she has to disown her womanness aren't even remembered. So in order to prove to her family that her being a woman isn't an issue, she's not even allowed to truly be one. From childhood, she felt the main female model in her family, her cruel mother, was grotesque. You were my onion. You are my onion. When her mother isn't physically absent, she's emotionally violent to Shiv. Truth is, I probably should never have had children. Shiv has inherited some of this, even while trying to reject her mother and more consciously modeling herself on her narcissistic, bullying father. Ah, yeah, we get it already. Stop moaning about the rapes. The toxic male behavior she's learned to ape from her dad and the company is taken to an extreme in her most intimate personal relationship. She becomes a bully in her relationship with her husband Tom, making him into her punching bag, just as everyone in the Roy media empire falls somewhere on the abusive hierarchy, receiving pain from the higher-ups and passing it down. You're not good enough for me. No, I'm yeah. way out of your f***ing league. And because of the way Shiv has mistreated Tom and based their relationship on inequality... That's why Maybe. you love me, even though I don't love you. He eventually feels justified betraying her to seize his own power. So overall, Shiv's toxicity is a realistic portrayal of the fact that when people are excluded due to gender, race, or other factors, this doesn't necessarily prove the adage that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Instead, adversity can provoke unhealthy coping habits that aren't beneficial in the long run. There's no denying, Shiv is a pioneer in her field, and there's no better month to honor exceptional women, which is why Movies Reframing Women Directors Collection is an 
essential binge with titles such as Please Baby Please and The Love Witch. This series spotlights incredible films made by women auteurs, featuring visionary directors like Sarah Poli, Agnes Varda, Martine Sims, Lynn Ramsey, Andrea Arnold, and so many more artists who've left a lasting impact on the world of cinema. Celebrate Women's History Month with Mubi's spectacular selection of films. And as a special gift to our viewers, Mubi is offering 30 days free. Just click the link in the description below to get a whole month of great cinema. From iconic directors to emerging auteurs, there's always something new to discover. They love movies as much as we do, so their selections are always top-notch. Click the link in the description below to get 30 days of movie now. Shiv's an extreme version of the self-serving girl boss type who trades on her gender when it helps her but happily screws over other women for personal profit. But a trademark of the girl boss is secret hypocrisy and Shiv is pretty open about her cynical self-centeredness. Deep down she's status and money obsessed like you. One of the conflicts in Shiv's life is trying to decide whether to not be a terrible person or just double down and embrace it. When the series begins, she's working for progressive Bernie Sanders-esque presidential candidate Gil Evis, and she talks like she maybe wants to do something good for the world as long as there's enough in it for her. Yet her pretenses of having morals falls away when she gets a shot at running her father's company. Shiv's conflict between her two sides plays out in the first season through her affair with Nate, who describes himself as an exciting bastard in comparison to her nice fiancé, Tom. Yeah, Tom is a great guy. Sure. Great guy with the square head. Should be with an exciting bastard like me. These two men represent the two disjointed sides of Shiv. On one hand is her arrogance. She views herself as the exciting bastard, someone who's mean yet better than everyone else. But on the other hand is her insecurity. She likes that Tom feels like a safe partner who will worship and never leave her because she has a buried sense of inferiority. Shiv flip-flops between these selves. She frequently laments that she's not a nice or good person. You should be good people. I know. Wouldn't it be nice to just wake up in the morning and not feel like a f***ing piece of shit? But mostly comforts herself, she's at least marginally more ethical than the rest of her family while not really behaving differently from them. You tell yourself you're a good person, but you're not a good person. In the end, neither of Shiv's opposing self-images is really true. Her affair with Nate doesn't end up being that exciting, and in the end, her nice husband Tom turns out to be not as nice or safe as she thought after he sells her out in season three. Her conception of herself as an ultra-talented bastard is likewise proven false. She makes a fair number of mistakes when actually given a shot in the business, and interestingly, in season three, she surprises herself when she draws a line at helping a fascist presidential candidate. So it turns out she kind of does have a few principles after all. Mencken is an integralist, nativist head. He's toxic. More centrally, in her reconciliation with her brothers in the season three finale, we also see the beginnings of a desire to openly communicate emotions in a positive sense. This is something Shiv is historically terrible at. Her wedding speech is a cringy showcase of how hard it is for her to actually show emotion. And she chooses her wedding night to tell her husband she wants an open relationship. We have a plan, but in terms of the relationship, I'm just wondering if there's an opportunity for something different from the whole box set death march. When she discusses having children with him, she's not only terribly unromantic about it. Did you mean that about the baby? Yeah, we should freeze at least. But also oddly jumps to discussing divorce and comas. It's different if one of us dies or is in a long-term coma. You know, I don't just automatically get them if we divorce or something like that. If that's 
the thing that concerns you. And she repeatedly tells Tom she doesn't love him, but in ways that makes us wonder if she almost does, or would if she could love anyone that way. You know, Tom, <laughs> I do. I may not love you, but I do love you. So it's a big step in the season finale when she awkwardly tries to participate in unsarcastically being there for a suffering Kendall. Hey, buddy. Hey, you okay? Well, it's okay. And an even bigger one when she suggests the siblings start saying the tough things out loud to each other. You know dad is never gonna choose you because he thinks there's something wrong with you. And I'm sorry, but maybe it's time that we said these things to each other. As the siblings try for the first time to truly band together into season four, not creating a binary between niceness and ambition could be Shiv's only chance to transcend her self-destructive pattern of being both hyper-arrogant and hyper-insecure. Her road to becoming a more mature and actually more successful adult may be tapping into that nice side of her, but not as a compromise or a settling the way she's always seen it. She just needs to have some equal human relationships, which can be both loving and honest. Shiv has to learn not to base her self-esteem on the approval of her father, the ultimate patriarchal figure who will never be able to see her separate from the minus of her being a woman. She can't help how her world sees her gender, but she can potentially learn to stop making the woman thing become an extra problem to herself. That's the take. Click here to watch a video we think you'll love, or here to check out a whole playlist of awesome content. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications.